Sporting Shorts by Ger McNally Kylie Murphy scored the only goal of the game from the 80th minute penalty as Wexford Youths beat at Lone Town for their second win of the season in the Women's National League last Saturday. The win lifts Wexford into second place in the league table with champions Peamount United setting the early pace. Lauren Dwyer also featured in the win. Steve Lennon has been competing in the PDC Players Championship Series in Niedernhausen, Germany over the weekend. The Carlo man has been in some excellent form as well. On Saturday, he reached the last 16 of Players' Championship 9 on Saturday before losing to Alan Tabern. His run to that stage included a very impressive 6-1 win over Michael Smith. On Sunday, he reached the quarter-final stages of Players' Championship 10 before losing 6-3 to Benny Van Peer. He started Players' Championship 11 well on Monday by beating Andy Hamilton by 6-2, but lost 6-2 in the last 64 to Jose Eustica. He will have another chance in the Players' Championship 12, the last tournament in the series, on Tuesday. Molly Scott and the Irish 4x100m relay team will be hoping to secure Olympic qualification at the World Relays in Silesia, Poland next weekend. A top eight finish for Scott and her teammates Joan Healy, Sarah Lavin, Sarah Quinn, Kate Doherty and Neve Whelan will mean automatic qualification for the Irish team for the Summer Olympics. A top ten would be enough to qualify for the 2022 World Championships in Oregon. They run in the heats on Saturday evening. There's a lot to look forward to at a Punchestown festival that would appear to have it all apart from spectators but one of the most exciting elements will be the race for the respective jockeys' championships. Rachel Blackmore's pursuit of Paul Townsend will get plenty of attention, but keep an eye on the battle between Patrick Mullins and Jamie Codd for the amateur title. The pair are tied with 45 wins so far going into the final meeting of the national hunt season. Patrick would appear to have the potential edge on Codd in the early part of the week, with exciting rides on Echoes in Rain, Mellon and Sir Gerhard, but this championship will go down to the wire. Balting glass driver Max Hart had a good weekend at Silverstone after a win and second place in the opening weekend of the Touring Car Trophy season. Hart finished in pole position for the first race and put that to good use by coming home to win ahead of Lewis Kent. Kent reversed the fortunes in the second race. The pair also recorded a fastest lap each in the two races and the Hyundai drivers are tied on points at the top of the championship. The next races are scheduled for the end of May. Podrick Amond made his 200th appearance for Newport County in their nil-nil draw with Exeter City last Saturday. Amon's goal-scoring heroics, particularly in some high-profile cup ties, have made him a club legend, but he hopes there is still more to come and with Newport still firmly in the playoff hunt with three games to go in League 2, he will have plenty of chances to carve out another piece of club folklore. Brian Byrne started for Bristol Bears as their six-game winning streak came to an end at the hands of Exeter Chiefs, when they lost the top-of-the-table clash 2012 at Ashton Gate. Despite the defeat, Bristol are still eight points ahead of the second-placed Exeter in the English Premiership, with five games to play. Kilry become latest club to secure FAI club mark. Article by Harry Shorthose. 
Just a couple of months after Kaleshin secured the FAI club mark, Kilry Celtic have secured theirs, becoming just the second team in Carlo to do so and the third in the Carlo League. Club committee member Alan Salter says it's been in the works since last September. I started looking at this a while ago, seeing other clubs had started the process of doing it, and I saw that we had a lot of it already done. I approached Gary Cody, and he was a great help in explaining what was involved in it. The hardest thing was getting everything together and pulling it together. The guard the vetting was hard because only one person had it within the club, but we got that sorted and we now have three people vetted, including the manager Miko. Miko also got his PDP coaching course up to date. It was great to get it over the line to reward all the hard work we've put in. On top of all the work we've done on the pitch over the last year or so, it complements it quite well. Salter added that it was about putting foundations in place to make sure the club is in the best possible place for expansion. We only have a men's team at the moment, but we want to get a women's team back in the club and we want to have a juvenile team for the first time in the club. So it's about putting the measures in place so that we have structures in place for people to want to join. We wanted to make sure that we were doing something with the club during the pandemic, that we made the most of the time we had off and do something worthwhile. We've done so well on the pitch in recent years, rose through the leagues, started at the bottom and won numerous cups and leagues and had a good start to the season this season too in the Premier. So we wanted to complement all the incredible work we are doing on the pitch with work off the pitch. Hopefully we can keep on growing and developing as a club and this allows us to keep doing that. Under 20s left in limbo, article by Kieran Murphy. Carlo under-20 football manager Bear Horahan is hoping there will shortly be clarity on when inter-county teams from that age group will be allowed to train in groups again. With inter-county senior hurling and football back on the field, Horahan is asking GAA and government officials to look for a way for all inter-county teams to be allowed to train, while he would love to see provisional fixtures print put in place. Never one to adopt a confrontational approach, the former Carlo Minor manager outlined his argument. I would just like some clarification on it. That is all we are looking for. Then we can set our stall up. It's a difficult age group. A lot of players are at a crossroads in their lives in relation to the Leaving Cert and third level education. It is an important age group from that point of view. And now with the pandemic, from a mental health point of view, he says. He acknowledges there could be difficulties in going back training and is aware the decision to allow group training at an inter-county underage level is based on many factors. We do want to get back, but we do understand it is unknown territory we are in. We are not in a normal situation, but I would be hoping there will be light at the end of the tunnel in the first week of May. We hope the government will pull it back to level 3 and that will give some leeway, the O'Hanrahan club man says. The panel of players have worked remotely and have done their own training for many months now. We are working hard remotely with Zoom classes. The lads are responding well to the programme. We know by them they are edging to get back. The clubs are allowed back next week from minors down. Every club will be back with their juveniles. Then you have the inter-county seniors back. The under-20s are a little bit in limbo. We are not the only ones. 
many clubs do not know what the whole situation is. It is a lot better than it was this time last year. We are going in the right direction, but we do need that clarification from the GAA. If we are out at the end of the year, so be it, but we are in limbo, argues Horan. He says when Covid came, there had never been so many young players wanting to represent Carlo. It wasn't always like that. That is a sign that things are going well, a sign that we are progressing overall with the development in Carlo. When you hold a minor trial and 85 kids turn up and want to play for Carlo, someone is doing something right. That is phenomenal. He says the coaching structure in the county is working. You have to give credit to the development officers behind the doors. They don't always get the credit they deserve. You go back and speak to Willie Quinlan when he was a manager. He would be lucky to get 10 to 12 lads training. He couldn't believe the numbers we are getting and who want to play for Carlo now, says Horahan. Carlo GAA baffled by scheduling of Allianz hurling game in Ballycran. Article by Ger McNally There was so much to be excited about in the world of GAA over the last seven days, but as usual, there was also some head-scratching at the decision-making from up on high. First, the good. It warmed the heart to see county teams around the country back on the training pitch this week, and our photographer Michael O'Rourke was at sessions of the four Carlo senior teams this week. The Sun made a timely appearance as the respective squads enjoyed their first group sessions since the turn of the year. There is still no word on when the club player can expect a similar experience, but hopefully there will be clarification on that when Taoiseach Michal Martin addresses the nation later in the week. But for now, the return this week to training of underage players and opening of golf courses and tennis courts is another step in the right direction. The bafflement and bewilderment within Carlo GAA circles was reserved for the release of the National League fixtures. It centres around Carlo's away tie against Down in the Hurling League on the 16th of May. They feel that the scheduling of the game for Ballycran in the northerly part of the county flies in the face of GAA COVID guidelines. The venue, a 90-minute drive past Newry, necessitates an overnight stay, which brings with it increased COVID risks and a financial burden that every county could do without during these times. Carlo GAA did make a submission to Croke Park, but they pretty much washed their hands of the situation and left Carlo to discuss the scheduling with their down counterparts, who weren't for budging. Every county has the right to choose their own home venue, but given the unprecedented times we are living through, it would have been nice had a more satisfactory outcome been found, and forcing a county into an overnight stay for a league game seems wrong on many levels. Carlo will be up against it as they look for an immediate return to Division 1, but Tom Mullally's side do have three home games, and there is a prospect of a winners-take-all game against Kerry in the last game. There is no final this year, and the team who tops the division after five games will be promoted, so there is a lot to play for. Carlo fixtures in Division 2A of the Alliance Hurling League. 9th of May, Carlo vs Wicklow, Netwatch Cullen Park at 2pm. 16th of May, Down vs Carlo, Ballycran, 1pm. 23rd of May, Carlo vs Offaly, Netwatch Cullen Park, 2pm. 6th of June, Meath vs Carlo, Park Talton, 2pm. 
13th of June, Carlo versus Kerry, Netwatch, Cullen Park, at 1pm. Carlo also know their championship fate. They play Christy Ring Champions Kildare in Newbridge on the last weekend in June in the opening round of the Joe McDonough Cup and then host Westmeath the following week. Kerry, Down and Meath are in the other group in the competition and the top two teams in each group will contest the final. For the footballers, Niall Carew's men will play Longford in the first round of the Leinster Football Championship with a quarter-final against Meath in store for winners. In the league, Carlo have just two games in Division 4 South, but a win in just one of them would almost certainly be enough to finish in the top two of the group and send them into a league semi-final, leaving them just 70 minutes away from promotion to Division 3 for 2022. Carlo fixtures in Division 4 South of the Alliance Football League. 15th of May, Waterford vs Carlo, Fraher Field, Dungarvan, 7pm. 29th of May, Carlo vs Waterford, Netwatch Cullen Park, 5pm.